You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 363 of Podcateers. This week, our pal Jason joins us to talk about how things have been going at Epcot and Magic Kingdom since he returned to work. We talk about Disneyland returning to full capacity and how it may affect how you feel about going back to the park soon. We also talk about a new Iron Man deck that I'm going to be getting soon, plus how we feel that playing a game like Animal Crossing can be used as the foundation for a job with a company like Disney. Remember that you can share your thoughts and connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Just search for Podcateers. But we'd love for you to join our small but growing community over on our Discord server. You can find an invite over at podcateers.com slash 363. Uh, on that blog post, you'll also find links to all of Jason and Julie's projects, including uh, their podcast, FBI Disney, and One Little Spice. Make sure to check those out and say hello. Oh, and in that blog post, I'm also going to put a video of the cards that we were talking about in this episode. So if you're curious to see what they look like, uh, it's going to be on Discord. But if you're not on the Discord server yet, head over to the blog post. You'll have a chance to see the video there. Before we get this thing started, I'd like to take a moment to thank a very special group of people known as the FGP Squad, our podcast fairy godparents, because it's their support via Patreon that helped make these episodes of Podcateers possible. As part of the FGP Squad family, you get some additional perks like exclusive discounts on Podcateers gear, additional content, a special section on our Discord server, and access to our monthly happy hour calls. For more info on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, we invite you to check out podcateers.com slash fgp and as always a super special thank you goes out to all of the members of the fgp squad for their continued support all right it is time to get this thing started if you're new to the podcast we just want to say thank you for taking some time to hang out with us and if you're a returning listener welcome back glad to have you as part of the family so here we go here is episode 363 of podcateers Fantastic. Jason, welcome back to the show, my bud. How are you? Oh, doing fantastic. Thanks uh, for having me back on. I've been uh, itching and scratching and clawing and texting you. Like, come on, man. Even though (laughs) behind the scenes, you and I have been trying to get together with the wife here for like six months to talk about WandaVision. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, considering that that show just came out, you know, we'll we'll talk about it one of these days. This is going to be a long episode. We got a lot of catching up to do. At this rate, we're going to end up getting together to talk about what Eternals, or yeah. oh, wow. probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. Well, I'm glad that you're on, man. I miss talking to you, miss talking to Julie, and I'm happy that you guys are here. Hopefully, you can join us again for the next FGP call as well for some fun yeah, yeah. games. Yeah. yeah, hopefully so. I've been getting out of work so late. Uh, Epcot's been open until 10 o'clock every night compared to a nine pre-COVID, and yeah. just because it's so busy, so I'm getting home at like 11 and. Just, I guess, just in time for the calls for you, with you guys. Yeah, that's usually the the hardest part for me. That by the time that we're recording, it's like midnight for you, you know, at the very minimum. So uh, today worked out really nicely because you were out of work, so we're able to record a little earlier. So yeah. uh, thanks for joining us again. Yeah, thanks again, Larry. Welcome back, buddy. Hey, yes, nice Mel. to be back. Hello. <laughs> Hi. 
I'm alive. I'm here. We're all here. Yay. Well, technically (laughs) Andrew's not. Andrew's out doing the celebration thing for his wife. So happy birthday, Tina. Yay. Yay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's been a week. Kids are starting to wrap up school. Summer's officially going to be coming. Uh, I made some purchases this week that I'm hoping don't get canceled by Amazon the way that some of my Funkos have been canceled. Uh-huh. Uh, one of them actually I didn't purchase from Amazon. I, I want to talk a little bit about that, but uh, I just want to mention an observation that I made before we get into anything else. And that is that a couple of episodes ago, maybe more than two at this point, but remember when I talked about Animal Crossing and how like ridiculously addicted I am to it? I was telling the wife mm-hmm. about that tonight. Okay, so I joked that day that Disney's losing out on this huge revenue stream, right? By creating Animal Crossing's Epcot edition, you know, you can create your own little society, which is basically what you're doing. You're creating a little society, you're getting, you know, villagers, you're expanding, you're creating, there's all the terraforming. And this week, I posted a picture uh, on my Instagram story and on the Discord server of this Mickey-shaped island that I created, you know, in one of my rivers. And when I first started learning about the game, uh, one of my really good friends, FGP Squad member Anitza, told me, oh, once you really, really get far in the game, you're going to be able to terraform and build mountains and form, you know, water areas and blah, 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 right? I was like, all right, well, that's awesome. So... When I finally got it, like my brain just kind of exploded. I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? How am I going to build this? What am I? And when I was building the Mickey Island, uh, my first thought after finishing it, like I knew inside that it was going to feel nice, right? Like as a Disney fan, you want to have something that represents Disney inside of the things that you create. And I saw the island, and man, I can't explain to you how awesome it felt to have that symbol of what we associate with happiness on my island. Like, I knew it was going to feel good. I just didn't know how much it was going to feel good, right? And, like, I posted Mm -hmm. that in in my post. Like, I didn't know how much I was really going to enjoy that. And it's funny because now I almost regret not putting it closer to where, like, the game starts every time you start it because it's – Honestly, every time that I've played since I made it, like it's the first thing that I run to to look at again. <laughs> one because I'm proud of it, and one because it just reminds me of like the Mickey flower bed that they have when you first walk through the turnstiles. And I'm, I want to try to find a way to kind of change the colors and make it look like more Mickey. Like I finally started sprouting black flowers, nice, um, which is like one of the That's hybrids great. that comes up. So if I can get the blacks and the whites, I can make like an appropriate looking Mickey head, I think. And if it just doesn't look good, I'll do what they do in the parks and just cycle the flowers during the season so that there's, you know, different variants of it. There Uh, you go. So I started like as I made this and I was like looking at it, I thought, man, you know, if you can if you going back to the whole Epcot thing, if you can harness this for like kids and it becomes uh-huh. more than just a game. Like, I feel like this can build on things. Like, for, for us, our kids love Legos, right? Like, they love building with Lego. They love 
uh, coding in something called Scratch, which is like a modular programming language. And they started asking me about getting, I don't know if you guys remember this, but remember Lego Mindstorms from back mm -hmm. in the day? Mm -hmm. Yes, so, briefly. So they've been asking oh, yeah. for something like Lego Mindstorms. Like every time we go to Costco or Sam's Club, I've seen these things that look like Lego bricks. They're not branded as Lego, but they have these Bluetooth modules that will make them move. And you can build cars, you can build cranes, you can build all sorts of stuff, right? And I started thinking how those toys, along with like the coding languages, along with things like Animal Crossing are like the stepping stones to becoming an Imagineer because mm -hmm. it just seems like this fun little game. And like Mel and I have gone back and forth on how we use it to kind of de-stress because, you know, it's, you can go swimming, you can do whatever, but you're learning the basics of what it's like to create themes and what it's like to uh, create areas that look cohesive and you learn about land planning. And I mean, obviously, you know, it's on a very, very basic scale, but man, I, I feel like I need to, I, I don't want to use the word push because I don't like to push my kids into any of these things, but I feel like I need to harness this game more for what they're currently just using it as as just kind of this like thing to run around and blow bubbles and use party poppers when they're on mm -hmm. each other's islands sort of thing right because <laughs> yeah. um, every time like our friends are on that's the first thing they want to do it's like can we go over we want to do these party poppers and blow <laughs> bubbles it's like well let's can, can we talk about how you can kind of like build this and i don't know i i started thinking about that and i'm like this is kind of awesome yeah yeah, when <laughs> we talk about this, because we spend like, we would see each other online. So we know we're playing like hours, just doing the most simple thing. But oh my gosh, just to feel productive. And then you see this like little mini world just come to life. It's, it's pretty fun. I started making like, I try to make a little secret cove of what's, you know, little area. And I'm like, waterfalls 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 that's all i want just surround me with waterfalls take me away and there you go that's mm -hmm. what i'll do for like two hours <laughs> to like like zone out like kind of uh ease in before going to bed like nighttime chill like i'm done <laughs> yeah it's super yeah. chill i know like when the pandemic first happened and uh we were all home julie got the game and then both our kids got the game and we'd always see them online and then they'd come visit each other's islands and you know, all kind of cool stuff. But I was, I would sit there and watch her and just be completely just so envious that like, damn, I wish I could actually play this myself. Like, is there a two player version of this, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. So I got to fish and I got to swim around and stuff. And I got to help her find some fossils and pick weeds and that kind of stuff. You know, I did a lot of the, uh, the groundskeeping in a sense. <laughs> so did you do the dirty work? I was yeah. about to say. Yeah. <laughs> But I love it. It's such a great concept. And just the, you know, it's like seeing people online. Like there was somebody that did a talk show. Like, you know, you could do the pocketeers and like create a room in their basement. And they had friends come over and they recorded this a live YouTube show of them having this interview oh in their basement in their house. You know, some guy made the Haunted Mansion and found <laughs> out how to use the code to make the music, the background music be, you know, the Haunted Mansion. Like Julie had uh, Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow was her background music. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah, yeah it was awesome. That's I loved awesome. it. It's so gnarly. 
and that's crazy, right? That the the community for these games, you know, like when you have games like Minecraft or even like the war games, like there's so many mods that the players create. Mm-hmm. The same thing has happened with Animal Crossing. Uh, I was on on Anitza's island not too long ago, and she had these like little cardboard cutout or um, like standouts with a hole cut out of them, like the type you take a picture with. And it was all of the hitchhiking ghosts, the hatbox <gasps> ghosts. It was the portraits from the stretching room. Nice. And they're all free. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm stealing this idea. I'm totally going to put this on my <laughs> island at some point. Yeah. But right? you're right. <laughs> the idea of doing the, the podcast or whatever in one of the rooms where they come over and you set up like a little studio and everything. I'm actually considering doing that just because I think it'll be like a fun little thing to do. Oh, and so if it works fun. out, <laughs> yeah, like if it works out, we'll do more of it, right? But yeah. one thing that I really started enjoying watching, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I never understood the full appeal of watching people play online, right? On Twitch or on YouTube, especially when it came to games like Fortnite and stuff. Like you're just running around, you're shooting people, and I guess you you watch the strategy, Right. Because I started mm-hmm. watching some Animal Crossing videos. I started watching uh, like how to do certain things because I was confused on why I couldn't do like certain things in the game. And then I realized, oh, it's just a limitation. But I would watch a video to figure out like how to get around it or, you know, what people are doing to get around that, that kind of thing. And I started thinking like, man, there are so many islands that are themed to Disney. There are so many uh, like coaster parks in planet coaster that uh, another game i really really enjoy playing where people have themed their entire areas to disney parks i'm thinking i want to go on there and just make commentary videos where we go and we just watch them and we experience them and then we give a rating of our own right I i think it would be super fun to get our reaction to them and yeah. plus, it'll give me a whole bunch of ideas that I can steal from my island. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm on board. Uh, but yeah, I went on on my activity because I haven't had the game all that long. I've only had it like a couple of months at this point. But I just went into my play activity. And uh, it says, anybody want to guess how long I've played to see how much the obsession really is real? 20,000 hours. Oh no! I've only had it a couple months, man. I know. A hundred hours. Twenty twenty one. All right, a hundred hours, twenty thousand hours, Larry. Price is right, one hour. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What's the price? Two dollars. I mean, no. Uh, I'm looking at it, and it says that I have played for four hundred and fifty hours or more. Wow. And I, I believe it. I look at that and I'm wondering, <laughs> what have I been doing? <laughs> but that I mean, Mickey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Mickey took quite a bit. It took several hours to get it looking like I did. And then the river just didn't look right and I had to make it symmetrical. And it's crazy mm-hmm. because I'm when I'm laying certain things down in certain areas, the game only has like a, almost like a one way view. Like, you can't pivot the camera. It's all Mm -hmm. kind of, like, looking forward most of the time. And I place things behind things and in areas where you can't necessarily see them. Uh, One of my kids actually asked me, Dad, why are you putting that back there? Like, nobody can go back there. They're trapped. Nobody's going to see it. I'm like, but I know it's there. And (laughs) and I realized how much it bugged me 
that things that aren't seen aren't properly decorated or aren't properly set up. And who knows, maybe one day they will open up the game where they have a camera view that you can see the back finally, right? And I want to make sure that it's properly decorated. Like, <laughs> Disney does this all the time. I, I was thinking about that with, like, what's that green that they use that hides everything? Go the away go green. Away green? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they do that all the time, right? Like, that's the perfect example. They want to hide something great. They do it with that. They put things in certain places where... You may not see it, but the Imagineers know it's there, right? Yeah. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I I think, I think, like my creative brain has been overjuiced because of this game, in a way that I feel like I haven't been able to be creative in a long time, and it's good, right? I think any creative avenue that you can take is really fun, especially in the absence of not being able to take photos in the park, because that was one of my main. Uh, artistic outlets and not having that in my life i felt like i had the void and i i tried to go back to drawing but uh, i don't know i did a lot of drawing when i was a kid and obviously you get a little rusty mm-hmm. i also picked up a deck of cards and i started kind of playing with the cards this is a conversation larry and i had recently uh because I, I i know i've talked about it before i'm like a huge card magic nerd and oh i gotta talk about some cards i got this week guys Oh, man. <laughs> uh, okay, All look, right. I'm going to end the Animal Crossing conversation because I'm going to shift over <laughs> to the playing cards because, believe it or not, they're actually Marvel-related. Um, they are officially licensed by Disney. They're officially licensed by Marvel. But for the most part, and this video that I'm about to show everyone on the podcast, I'm going to put it up uh, in the blog post for this episode over at podcateers.com slash 362 if you want to take a look at it uh but it is uh, a new uh deck of iron man playing cards that resemble the mark uh i don't remember which one it is but uh, i'm gonna quickly shift over my video screen so you guys can see it and then i want i want to hear what you guys have to say about this deck that i purchased all right can you guys see this video yeah oh yeah i can okay. see it Cool. So that is the tuck case, basically the case that it comes in. And obviously you guys are familiar with this type of tuck case, right? You just kind of flap it open and the cards come out. Very standard mm-hmm. for bicycle playing cards. Check this one out. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> what? That is rad. Isn't that awesome? Oh, that's sweet. It lights up. And it really what? has a cool display set up as it kind of like it fans out. Oh, and the cards come out of the middle. Oh, jeez. Isn't this fantastic? Yeah. That's pretty sweet. Ooh, and the card coloring. You got some really cool blacks, reds, and the design. Okay. Straight up Stark Industries. Is that the th- are those made by Theory yeah. 11? They are not. They are not. Okay, okay so I'm going to switch back now. Uh, so here's the deal. So these cards are actually made by a company called Card Mafia. They're not made by Theory 11. Uh, the Card Mafia has actually put out decks like this before. And just to give a brief description for those not watching, obviously, the deck actually doesn't open from the top like a normal bicycle deck of playing cards does. It it kind of fans open. It's open. You know? Yeah. And the coolest thing about it is that when it fans open, it's modular. It's like 21 pieces that make this box when you open it. 
But the coolest feature is that it has an arc reactor in the middle that lights up so when it's cool. fully open. Okay. Mm-hmm. Again, head over to the blog post to see the video of this because it is fantastic to look at. Now, the cards themselves, not great compared to the Theory 11 stuff. Like, I love Theory 11's cards. They obviously don't sponsor this, but I I purchase their stuff all the time. I've been purchasing them since they became a company. My goal when I get this new deck is to save the cards that come inside because they're not made by the United States Playing Card Company. They're made by another company. So I don't think they're going to hold up as well as the Theory 11 decks do because they are made by Bicycle. But I'm going to take one of the new Avengers decks that I got from Theory 11 and put it into the Iron Man tuck case that comes with this one. So when I get it, I'm going to probably do a short video, you know, just kind of unboxing it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping to do it. Um, Maybe I shouldn't even mention it because I don't even know if I'll I'll do it because I'll be so damn excited when I get the box. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I'm so excited to get these cards. Uh, When I saw them, uh, several people messaged me about them, and they only released 3,000 of these decks. Hmm. Oh, wow. So I'm I'm happy to say that I was able to place an order. Uh, I'm hoping to get it. It looks like they might make more. I don't exactly know how other characters lend themselves to that particular design because it seems very techy. It seems very Iron Man, mm-hmm. but apparently they have another Avengers version coming out. So I'll, I'll kind of check out that one once it's available. But I love this deck. I'm, I mean, really, I love the case. That's really what I purchased. The deck is <laughs> I know, whatever. Nice. But really what I bought was the case. Uh, and then... To add on top of my Marvel stuff, uh, there is a new book. Uh, actually, it's a two-book set that's coming out. It's called The Story of the Marvel Studios, The Making of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that is coming out in October. It is just these two huge books that are going to be available. Uh, it's 135 bucks for both of them. That one I have not pulled the trigger on because i mean it's 135 bucks plus it's a pre-order right now but man it comes in this cool box and everything and oh wow that's cool the fan art it's like when i do the fanfare in the beginning yeah Yeah. it's got the infinity gauntlet on one of the books i think it's got uh the original iron man suit on on the other book so it's been that's like that's a coffee table book yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, but it's definitely a coffee table book that you want to leave away from children. <laughs> oh, I'm <laughs> sorry, I always miss that one. <laughs> it's what I have learned with the Toshin books. The Toshin books, until the kids are older, are put them away books and visit them whenever possible because <laughs> they're too expensive to just leave them out when you have tiny hands that are very curious about everything. So. Right, top shelf bookcase flipped outward though. So there like, you the go. Other ones are like in, but that one's flipped out. So That's like, true. Out. That's very very <laughs> true. Uh sorry, I, I I ranted so much because I I just I was just so excited about all that stuff. But those are awesome deeds. So I'm waiting for those cards, yeah. man. Waiting for the cards. It's with the opening of Avengers Campus. I don't exactly know when I'm gonna have an opportunity to go. I know that. Uh, we have the time scheduled for July. We're kind of taking it a day at a time. I kind of talked about it, you know, an episode or two ago. 
Larry, I know you're going really soon. Mel, any news on when you think you'll be going? I uh, bit the bullet, and I'm going uh, in July. Yay! Oh, nice. Yeah. Yes. Nice. I'm excited. Yeah, and I'll be visiting both parks. So it's like, ah, I, I, don't, I don't know what to expect, so... Yeah, I'm I'm all giddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know how you feel. I'm totally with it, like right there with you. But uh, I mean, like I said, I'm taking it a day at a time. There's too many things yeah. that are changing too fast right now. They are. Uh, mm. And yeah. uh, I think that's part of the reason why, you know, we wanted to have Jason on today because he's kind of been living this, you know, over the, yeah. the last few months already. Uh you know, Disney World's been open far longer than Disneyland has. Uh, they've been working on their own timeline. People that have wondered why Disney World is open and Disneyland isn't open, that's because they're run as two separate businesses. You know, they're they're run by two different wings of the company. Uh, the two resorts are, basically. Uh, and even within the resorts, each park is run by a different president and the, each one has its own head of each park and they all just kind of roll up to, you know, the CEO, uh, which at this point is Bob Chapek. Um, we're going to be getting to that in just a moment. Uh, before we do, Cruella, has anybody seen it yet? Not yet, but I can't wait. Here. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting too. <laughs> Multiple I'm times. There. <laughs> Mel, I know you saw it. I saw your Discord post that you saw it like 26 times already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What uh it's worth the $35? <laughs> Dude. Dollar each time. Yes. Mel, <laughs> Mel, you you give your thoughts because I think you're you're more inclined to criticize the villain movies than I am. What were your thoughts watching yeah. this one? Ooh, all right. It's going to be a uh gonna be a long one because it's i've been okay so in episode 356 you know we were talking about our favorite live disney films and i was thinking that you know with the teaser with you know what i'm seeing cruella might take it i okay where do i start <laughs> <laughs> where do i start it's taken seven years for a proper villain film right there and i'm gonna say that because with Maleficent, it felt like almost all the Easter eggs and the um, what we've known of her was thrown into one scene. And you don't get that with Cruella. You really don't. It's literally spread out so good that in every scene, there is something that you're going to see that connects her to the 1961 film. And... Um, if you've heard the soundtrack, the soundtrack, the playlist is so, whoever did this, whoever decided we're going to pick this song, this song, and this song, they knew how the scene was going to play out, how the movie was going to be, because every song has such a good, like, moment, and it's so well thought, like, it's just brilliant, the way that it's all presented, and... The best part is that you don't get questions. You don't have questions. Um, at the end of Maleficent, and now I, I, I'm going to say this. I could have walked out of that theater because um, it wasn't really a villain movie. But yes, I understand they wanted to give background to Maleficent. 
And I'm really sorry if I'm upsetting anyone who's a Maleficent fan. Trust me, I love her. <laughs> like, inside and out. But I don't think she was given the treatment that she should have gotten with Cruella. Like, how she got it. So, I know there was, like, some reservations and some worries about what could have been seen in the movie. Throw it all out the window just go watch it and have an like go in mind knowing you're gonna see a villain film not a fairy tale awesome that's that's the way i could say it is do that and you're gonna be fine but i'm loving how i hear the i'm hearing reactions from everyone that it's just so good and it is um there's everything from like punk androgynous beauty hello fifth key um, there is fantastic visuals. Oh my gosh, the fashion is like, woo! Yeah, way it's up visually there. stunning, and just from the yeah. trailer. Oh my gosh, incredible. yes. So, honestly, it's like Corella just took my heart, and it's like she is right, she's up there. And I'm so sad to say that because I really did pull, like, I was really trying to love the Maleficent films, but nope. Corella took it. Yeah. 11 out of 10 for sure. I have to agree with you. The sound design for the entire film was just fantastic. Every mm -hmm. song fit the scene so well. Uh, you're right about how you don't really have a question, right? Maleficent, after yeah. two films, you still have a bunch of questions about like, wait a second, this doesn't connect with this and this contradicts this and why is this mm -hmm. this way, right? Every right. single step taken in this film, whoever whoever direct I don't, who directed this film? Do you remember? I can't remember off the top right. of my off head. Off the top of my head, I don't remember either. But I think during the writing, during the storytelling, and the directing of this film, they took extra steps to make sure that everything fit within mm -hmm. the story. Right? This is a very self-contained film. It was really well organized. Usually when you watch these types of origin stories, <coughs> Captain Marvel, uh, you always feel that there's a lot of filler scenes and that there's a lot of things that mm -hmm. you can exclude. Nothing yes. in this film felt like that. It felt that every right. single scene served the purpose of telling the story of Cruella. I, I still have a bit of an issue with the fact that you're taking the villain and you're putting them in a situation where you're beginning to sympathize or empathize with them, which no longer makes them a villain. Mm -hmm. But, right. oh man, it's just so beautifully done. And in the end, you're not going to, how do I say this? You're going to feel satisfied in the end. Yes. You're not going to feel That's like the her best villain card it. was pulled like with Maleficent. Right. That's huh. the weirdest right. <clears throat> best way i can put it like you're still mm -hmm. going to feel like she's a villain at the end right and for a two-hour film actually this is longer than two, like two hours and a half, it did yeah. not yeah it didn't feel like that at all no. and then i had rewatched it and it didn't even feel like that at all and i'm like i am that glued and maybe yeah, i'm i was just excited but i was still glued <laughs> so yeah. Heck yeah yeah fantastic film and it, on a side note, the uh, director was uh, Craig Gillespie. Oh, okay. Oh, right yeah. on, right He's on. He's done yeah. some film, television, Bravo. music videos, Lars and the Real awesome. Girl, Fright Night, 
Itania and uh, then Corella. Those are like the main ones they have so far. Right on, man. Well, bravo. I I enjoy this one. It's hard for me to. I mean, we've had members of the FGP squad post in the Discord server that the mm-hmm. only regret that they have was watching it in a movie theater. I think Albert posted this, right? That his regret was watching it in the movies and not getting the premiere access because he wanted to watch it again. It was so interesting. Good, right. Oh, and interesting. Yeah. yeah. And so my comment was, well, why doesn't Disney somehow work with the theaters so that if you have a ticket stub, they unlock premiere access for at least one more viewing. Maybe Disney like didn't the get your 30 yeah. bucks. Like, yeah. Like if maybe they didn't get your 30 bucks or whatever, but how about you give somebody that went to the movies to watch this film that you made yeah. at least another opportunity yeah. to watch it on a service they're already paying for, right? So Disney, I know yep. you're listening. Just make it a feature. I mean, it's cool. You don't even have to send me a check for that one. You're welcome. <laughs> but Yeah, it'd be a great incentive to get people back in the theaters, especially with like the way Universal and the theater companies were going back and forth, you know, and can't, you know, they're like, we're not showing mm-hmm. any more Universal movies, blah, blah, blah. And, you know. They're always going back and forth, so it'd be nice to see Disney do uh, kind of up Universal on something. Agreed. That right. would be great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and before we, we hop over to the park stuff, since we're talking about movies, what do you guys think of Amazon buying MGM? You know, MGM is such a huge part of Hollywood Studios for so long. Now they're a part of Amazon. Yeah, it's weird. It's wild. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm glad that Disney didn't buy them. Just, I don't know. They own everything else under the sun, so I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I I guess for me, I don't still have an opinion. I guess Jeff Bezos is going to spend his money on, you know, the hour of money that he's made to buy MGM, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, look, honestly, it was just an interesting purchase considering that they were such a huge part of Walt Disney World for so long. Um, and, but ironically enough, like their top two properties, uh, arguably their top two properties, which is wizard of Oz and gone with the wind were not part of that deal. Those went to HBO max because of a deal that like Ted Turner struck 10 or 20 years ago or something like that when the, the sale first happened. So, uh, yeah, they're inheriting a whole bunch of films. A lot of films that I still think belong on Disney Plus, but we may not ever get a chance to see them. But it well, is what I it wonder, is. I wonder how much of it, too. Like, is it they know that they're in the game that they don't want to necessarily compete with Disney Plus, but it's like a Netflix kind of compete. They want to stay in that realm of competition because you got movies like they're going to pick up, I believe, the Bond series are part of MGM. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, those are that's a big title in itself so i think amazon this is just because they kind of have a couple things under prime video that have gotten people to watch but this is their way to kind of you know test the waters of we still are in the streaming services field because they see how disney has now went into the realm of they're going up and i think this is kind of their way of being like well we want to still stay in competition with people like netflix as well but you know disney plus they have control of pretty much anything Disney and they've, you know, got 20th century now. So it's like in Marvel, it's, I think this is their way to stay in the game kind of thing. They had almost not sink or swim, but they could tell that themselves like to at least keep themselves representable in the streaming wars. If that you want to name it that 
this was their best move. Yeah, for sure. I, and I know too, like Disney kind of wore out their welcome with MGM because I, I guess there was a point in oh, time yeah. where they were like, we're still using that brand, and I guess by their contracts, they went over contract timings. I mean, even now with like the Twilight Zone, Tower of Terror stuff, you know, like Disney's kind of pulling herself away from using the Twilight Zone properties and, and the name of it at least, you know, within the stuff. Hopefully, ours will always stay that version of that ride, so we have that, you know, as a thing. But you know, I, you know, I, for people that that love the great movie ride, it it was a, it was a fun for me. I I went through so many different variations of it and had a blast. And the interactions of the cast members and the cast that were actually inside the ride that were part of the scenes in the show and. It was pretty awesome, but I, I know for myself personally, I was happy to see what was going to come next. And for a lot of folks, that's controversial. I know in, in at Disneyland and, and California Adventure, when they weren't going to go change Tower of Terror, everybody lost their damn mind. Like, what are they doing? And then everybody was like, oh, my God, this is the best thing ever. You know, so. True. I don't, <laughs> I, don't I think Disney fans miss MGM, but I think that they miss it just for the nostalgia of the old park and the backlot tour and everything yeah. else that Absolutely. took like three hours to go through, which I did as a kid. I loved all of it. But again, I was glad to see the Hollywood Studios concept start to come in and take over what was no longer being used for films because people were interrupting shots and shootings and things that were going on inside these shows. So they had to cancel all of it, you know, in a sense. Yeah. So not to mention budgets, cuts, and everything else. So it's it's yeah, good riddance, MGM. <laughs> Honestly, though, I I do think that there is a a a spot for an attraction where you're doing like a studio tour, right? Because obviously, Universal has all of their own attractions. They have their own lands. They have everything that you can experience. But believe it or not, that studio tour is one of my favorite things to do when I'm at Universal, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I've seen yeah. everything. Like, stuff doesn't change. Like, you go around, oh, look, there's the Psycho House. There's where we filmed the Grinch movies or, you know, whatever. There's Whoville. And, oh, look, Here's Norman Bates running after you with a plastic knife. And it doesn't change, just like (laughs) other attractions. But at the same time, knowing that they were part of these iconic things in history is just super cool. Having something like that at Walt Disney World is one of my biggest regrets of not having been able to go to Walt Disney World and going to Hollywood Studios when it was still available. I don't know what it is about the appeal of doing this type of studio tour, but I I love it. I love having something like that. And I think they can still do it. The the Great Movie Ride, it's kind of a smaller version of that. You know, I still yeah. think that you can do it, especially mm-hmm. when they had all the actors, you know, doing their thing and stuff, but I don't know. I I I think it's a weird purchase. Honestly, I feel it was more like a pull on Amazon's part so that Disney wouldn't try to buy it, so that they Absolutely. wouldn't own it. That's what I was leading to. Um, but yeah. I, I I don't I think that even if Disney tried to buy it, I think there's so many laws in place that the government would have stepped in and said, "You kind of own enough. You can also right. own MGM yeah. at this point, right?" And mm. it's always good to have healthy competition. That's what I was leaning to. Absolutely, they need someone in the streaming yeah. wars, like you know, Disney has been bringing it with what we've been seeing, like with you know, WandaVision, the Marvel collaborations, and then also on just their original content that they've been pulling out. But you know, Mandalorians, the Star Wars too. But they need some healthy competition from Netflix and Amazon to keep this streaming field fair in this realm too because you know like you said it there is laws in place but just for the viewer for us to mm-hmm. be entertained yeah. i would hate to always be like 
well, you know, Disney Plus kind of rules that, so they just everyone else doesn't really have a fair fight in this, you know? Yeah. and Right. It gives us options. Yeah. Right. And services begin to suffer when you don't have that competition. Exactly. Look at Hulu. Now that Disney owns oh. the majority stake in Hulu, a lot of the Killed features it. are going to Disney Plus. They're not going to Hulu. And Hulu suffers from just how it navigates like it's not as smooth as some of the other services are so that's mm-hmm. the other thing right innovation it's not equal on both spectrums right. depending on what services you own so i agree with you man i think that having that competition is super crucial to making sure that the user experience is much better in the long run so yeah. Uh, okay, well, I think it's it's time to tr- retransition to the parks now and kind of get a feel for how things have been going. Before we jump into that, I do want to remind you that this episode of Podcateers is brought to you by a fantastic group of listeners known as the FGP Squad. That is the name that they have given themselves because to us, they are our podcast fairy godparents. And if you would like more information on what the FGP Squad is or how you can become a part of that family, you can head over to Podcateers dot com slash fgp for more information there you'll find a link a description of you know what it is a link to our patreon and uh, a list of some of our top contributors becoming a part of the fgp squad family gives you access to our monthly happy hour calls you get discounts on podcasters gear you get additional content and all sorts of stuff uh, again, if you want more information, podcateers.com slash FGP is where you want to go. And to all of the members of the FGP squad, we just want to send a huge thank you for your continued support. All right. Back to the parks. Jason, you have been at Walt Disney World through the reopening. You've gone back to work. You've kind of seen everything transition from full-blown mask mandates to what it's become now. Walk us through what you've been feeling. Walk us through what you've been seeing and how things have changed from the reopening until now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about this because there's a... I'm going to try to stay as uh, non-political as I can just because of the atmosphere we have here in the state and uh, our governor that we have. I know in California, you know, the governor there was kind of, you know, driving some people mad with his heavy regulations, you know, which we understand. You know, I guess like... uh, the grass ain't always green on the other side kind of kind of thing, you know. But I guess to, to back up back to when we first opened up, um, for myself as a cast member, getting back just into the smells and the sounds and all the stuff that we were missing during lockdown, uh, it was awesome to be back. There were definitely some things that were still missing. Uh, for instance, I'm mostly, my home base is Epcot and the Mexican Pavilion, so uh, not seeing the international students and the kids that are there from working within each country, uh, still to this day, they're not back. And that still makes it's it's still kind of sombering to, to to understand that there's still this thing that's going on outside of our gates, you know, um, as a reminder in a sense. But it it was just really felt good to be back. Um, and then fast forward to November, uh, the wife and I spent about was I think ten days roughly uh, for our honeymoon. We spent at Disney. We were supposed to get married on the thirteenth of November um, with the family and stuff. Canceled that. Spent the money on our Disney honeymoon and had an incredible time. Uh, we 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 both know how to go to the parks and make the most out of whatever it is, whether it's a rainy day or a super hot day or a COVID day. You know, it is what it is. Uh, something that I realized as Julie and I were doing our some of our podcast episodes, uh, hashtag FEI Disney uh, podcast, subscribe tomorrow or right now if you can. Um, one of the things I came to realize is is that as much as I missed 
going to the parks and I loved being there. And I, I knew that, you know, we all took it for granted in a sense because of how easily we could just walk in the doors at four, five, six, seven o'clock whenever we wanted to grab a couple drinks and then go home. You know, it was just our playground. Um, so when we went, we made sure we were there pretty much open to close, but I was still by the end of the day having my little tamper, temper tantrums. Like I call it the, the late night Disney meltdown that you see all these little kids having. And a lot of it was because I'm still seeing guests and myself personally having to wear masks in the park. I go to Disney to escape reality as I work in a fantasy land. I'd like to go there and play. So still seeing the mask being worn was still a reminder that there are people out there that are still dying and there's still this pandemic going on outside of the gates of this bubble that we're inside of. And I, once I realized that, it allowed me to then go into the parks with a whole different mindset of telling myself that it's okay and in a sense that this is still going on. I have to continue to live my life and enjoy what I have and enjoy this magic that we have. Disney's gone above and beyond anything I could potentially even ask for or think of to make sure that the guest experience is as magical as it can be between the cavalcades they're doing, uh, meet and greets with characters and stuff, seeing them out in the wild, watching Pooh catching butterflies or Chippendale looking for acorns. And they'll have props of these giant acorns they're carrying around. It's super cute and fun. And I kind of hope a lot of the stuff that they've implemented and have created stays, including the six feet distance between people in the queues. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. But uh, yeah, so now we now here we are now, 2021. The crowds were starting to become increased. Early on when Julie and I went, like my very first time back in the park was actually on a day we had a tropical storm coming in. And it was incredible. Like we went in there, we had all of our, we had backup masks just in case we got wet and stuff, which I recommend to anybody, even though you live in California and you get rain here and there, have a, have a couple backups because you definitely, whether it's Splash Mountain, I by chance was in the front flume of the thing and got just like a bunch of mist on my face. And my, I was wearing a wet rag for like 20 minutes, you know, so you make sure you, you know, you, you definitely make sure, you know, have backups just from experience. Um, but capacity started to increase at that point in time there were no strollers around like the carousel it was for an adult being there without my kids kind of thing it was amazing no strollers anywhere go now it's like a normal day in the park capacity is around 35 percent i think that it's probably at about 50 percent now chapek hasn't said what their capacity increases are julie and i went to the parks back two months ago roughly now and we were to had to, we had, there was a bunch of bus issues happening because they're low on cast members coming in to drive the buses. They're actually bringing in private fleets from outside to come in and help bring people around. Like we, we took a coach style bus that you might take in high school to the prom kind of thing. It was really strange. Uh-huh. But the, the cast member that we actually had in a Disney bus told us that he had heard that they increased it to 45% capacity. And it was we thought it was mainly because after three o'clock you can start park hopping. And so we figured that little 10% difference was for the park hoppers. To, to, so it wasn't so crazy to give them. Because once you make a reservation, as long as you have park hopper type tickets and don't have blackout dates, after 3 o'clock, as long as you go check into the park that you have a reservation for, at that point in time, you can bounce around to whatever park you want to bounce around to. So now we are here uh, the last month or so. They, what? It's, oh, she's, uh, sorry, correction, the wife's told me it's 2 o'clock. Anyway, so fast forward to about two month last month, uh, we got the go ahead that they're stopping temperature checks. Uh, Disney did a program for cast members uh, to get vaccines, which was amazing. So a lot of cast members themselves got vaccinated. Myself and the wife got vaccinated ourselves on our own. Um, so I, I understand the temperature checks for me was kind of a fake facade, like hey, we're actually doing something when you first get to the gates, you know, kind of deal. Yeah. 
you know, because because uh, of you know people that don't have any symptoms that you know asymptomatic stuff. Yeah. So mm-hmm. now we fast forward. Our governor decided that he didn't want to have any kind of uh, COVID passports to show you've been vaccinated. Or the, the vaccination passports. I get people being concerned about certain situations and having their privacy and stuff. But I think when it comes to businesses that want to know whether or not we can adjust our rules to allow those that are being vaccinated in our parks at a certain degree, that should be a thing that you could use. I think it would have opened the cruise lines. These parks could have been back to as full capacity as possible if this would have been allowed to happen. Mm -hmm. They're doing it over in China. It's a communist country. It's a whole nother situation, but it's worked for them as they, you know, as, as we've seen. So, now we are this month. Now masks are, are not required at all outdoors unless you're in a queue. No matter where the queue starts, you have to have your mask on for the queue. If Even if you're in line for Starbucks and you're outside on the sidewalk on Main Street, you have to have your mask on while you're in the queue. Um, but once you're inside, then the mask has to come back on as well. And for myself personally, being inside uh, the pyramid in Mexico, our front line of defense are the cast members that are outside the gates. It's so crazy right now that... So, for example, inside the pyramid, we have a restaurant, we have a ride, and we have a tequila bar. The tequila bar has forever and ever had the longest line and the longest wait out of any attraction or anything at Epcot first ever. These bartenders there are making like 1200 bucks a day in tips on the weekends. It's incredible. You know, they're, they're all day. So if you want to get into the pyramid, you have three different lines to choose from to get inside. They're making sure you have a mask on. There's cast members inside making sure you have a mask on. And for the most part... The guests are being cooperative. They're totally, you know, being okay with it. Our biggest concern was that those that aren't vaccinated, that are coming to the parks, that don't want to get vaccinated, or they don't believe this COVID thing is a real thing, or whatever their reasoning is. I respect everybody's opinion. I don't always agree with it. However, there's certain people that can't get the vaccine because of health issues, cast members included. And our concern, especially because Universal did it first, and then Disney jumped on the on the back with the uh, the temperature checks and then the no mask thing. We're concerned for everybody that's being employed by these big companies because they've got thousands upon thousands of people coming every day. Epcot, when it was 35% capacity, Epcot's they had never said it, but it probably holds about 100,000 people when it's full capacity. So 35% is 35,000 people, which is less or which is actually more than what a normal average day at Epcot is. Epcot may average 18 to 25,000 free COVID. There, we've been sold out of tickets, April and May both. All of our uh, reservations were completely filled. There were blackout wow. everything for cast members. It was it was a madhouse. <clears throat> and then now all of a sudden they stopped the masks outside, which I get because as of like last week it was 97 degrees outside. I didn't want to even walk outside to go to the bathroom kind of thing, you know, with the mask on. So I get why Chapek may have kind of forced the hand to follow the lead of Universal. Um, but now Universal here in Orlando has no masks anywhere. They don't, they're just like, whatever. If you want to wear them, you can wear them, blah, blah, blah. They're relying on the guests to be honest, whether they've been vaccinated or not. The biggest thing that I'm seeing, and I've had a chance now to work both Magic Kingdom and Epcot on the times of where we are now, I see a lot of guests coming into the park still wearing their masks, no matter what. They're being very cautious. I know like when Julie and I go to stores, there's a lot of stores in the area here now that no masks are required. We're still wearing masks in the stores and people inside the stores are as well, including the employees and stuff. Because I think a lot of us think that a lot of what's happening right now is way too quick. You know, oh, yeah. there's so much other things that are going mm-hmm. on out there that we have no control over. And if we can kind of mitigate some things here on our own, we should be doing that. 
it's obviously not happening. So I think there's some political stuff inside Disney that's happening, also outside of Disney within our state, for instance, in the government here. Um, but I think for the most part, saying having myself being inside the park as a guest and as a cast member, I still feel very safe. I still think Disney's going above and beyond their protocols to make sure things are maintained and clean and sanitized and that people are following the rules. There still are guests that are coming in and that are being abusive to cast members, uh, like whole groups of people. And Epcot's the worst for it because people are drinking all day. You get the college kids coming in. They don't care about whatever. you know. So there's still abuse that's happening within, and I've seen it personally, which, you know, it's, it's hard to bite your tongue when you see things happening. Yeah. Because uh, I lose my job. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, when it comes down to it. So for you guys in California, I don't, I don't, I haven't seen what all the regulations are. I'm going to assume it's very similar to how we were when we first opened. But, you know, I, I, you know, I haven't really been paying attention too much to what's going on. But what I will say is that if you're going to be visiting any of these Disney parks to be patient, they're learning as they go. We just went to Cape May, which is a restaurant that just recently reopened. They have a limited menu. It's a all you care to eat that used to be a buffet. And they're still getting their menu figured out. They're still taking things off and adding things to it. And it's going to be like this for the next couple of years until it's, you know, quote unquote, back to normal. Especially here now that we're gearing up for the 50th. A lot of rumors right now are going is that Disney is going to be back at 100% capacity and have mask mandates gone by October 1st for the 50th, which is terrifying. Well, I mean, it's been... I okay, so I so much that I want to comment on. Uh, one, it's it's I don't want to say it's good to know. I understand how you're feeling because it's kind of how we've been feeling here, right? Uh, whether we go mm-hmm. to the store, whether we go anywhere, a lot of the mask mandates in California have been relaxed, and we've already gotten word that June 15th. All bets are off. Like all regulations are basically being lifted and you can it's mm-hmm. kind of whatever you want to do at that point. But there's still a lot of people that, like you said, don't believe in getting the vaccine or can't because of health reasons or are at a higher risk, even if you have gotten the vaccine, because, it, you know, it's not 100 percent effective. There is a percentage that it will be and in certain people it's going to be less effective than in others so those are things you want to keep in mind so i i happen to be at an organization that was giving weekly reports on the status of where we were as a health organization and so i have to admit that i don't know if that was a benefit or if that added to the paranoia in my own head because hearing Mm -hmm. when they were spiking hearing when the you know er beds were completely full and they couldn't help so many people and when this and this was happening it made me overprotective and i guess being overprotective is better right in a sense but right reintroducing yourself into society is difficult when you've heard so many people are not being responsible and are putting you in danger because they don't want to be tracked or whatever when their cell phone is already doing that you know? yeah my mom so, told me that they have this uh, stuff you can get now that will take nanobots out of my system oh good so good yeah it, it's and i like, told her no i want those in there leave please leave nanobots in my system please. it's like a cleanse right <laughs> it just gets it all out <laughs> yeah so geez. yeah i mean we had um and and this is why for me, 
I'm, I'm one, I'm taking this day by day because I've told you guys about some of the health things that have been wrong with me. But uh, on top of that, there's been a lot of instances here in California where in general, you know, we're at a lot lower place where we used to be. But we have in these last couple of weeks, there have been more cases reported. There's been more deaths reported. It's affecting children a lot more, which I don't think a lot of people are taking into consideration. They're just mm-hmm. like, well, I'm vaccinated. Let's all go. It's not going to affect the kids at all. But it can, you know, and just because mm-hmm. it's not affecting you, you can still carry it and you can possibly give it to somebody else. It might be less because of the vaccine, you know, that you pass on, but you still can pass it. You know, it. it I don't know. It there's a lot of things that you have to take into consideration. You have to keep yourself safe, like you said. I'm still choosing to wear a mask whenever I go out anywhere. When we go in July, you know, if we still end up going, then I'm going to choose to wear a mask while I'm still there. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to keep myself safe because I still have to come home to my kids. You know, it's yeah. I'm going to treat it the same way as if I was going to the grocery store. And uh I I know Disney's doing everything that they can to keep every guest protected, but not every guest is doing what they need to do to keep every guest protected. And seeing the yep. constant posts from people saying, well, I mean, all you have to do is say that you're vaccinated. They're not checking it. They're not validating it. That's the only thing that I feel we're falling short on. If we could mm-hmm. find a way to accurately measure like those passports you were talking about, like I get yep. it. I get it. You know, it is sort of an invasion of privacy, but in this case, it's almost one that we need, you know, in order to feel safe. You're right. You mentioned it earlier. Had more people done this from the beginning, two months into this whole thing, it would have been over. Look at Australia. Look at all these other countries that followed the rules for just two weeks and they've been COVID free for months. Right? I was hearing someone yeah. in Australia talking about because they had the fires that just happened right before COVID started. Yeah. And because that whole country was so used to wearing masks and, and ventilators and things because of the fires, it was so bad that they just kept their masks on. And yeah. They just, just let it ride out in a sense. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's, I think that's really, uh, like for us, I think that's really the hardest part because Disneyland just reopened not long ago, right? And mm-hmm. I feel like we're going right. zero to 60 in a really short amount of time for Disneyland. So yeah. I know that the Disney company is doing everything that they can to keep people safe. They're not the ones that I'm worried about. It's the people that aren't following the rules that are putting guests and cast members in danger, right? Those are the ones that you have mm-hmm. to be yeah. really cautious about. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's a pretty crazy... Obviously, it's a crazy time. We've been living this really super crazy year, but uh, I've seen the crowds. I've seen the videos. I've seen it doesn't it didn't ever look like it was 20 or 30 percent like the capacity looked Mm -hmm. much higher in many cases. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And even at Disneyland, you know, when you look at some of the videos from Disneyland here, they don't look like they're at the capacity that they're saying. But it, it could be just a weird visual because everybody could be walking in at the same time and they happen to get a yeah. video just at that moment. You know, and yeah. by the time that they reached the hub, they all spoke out to where they're more properly spread out. So it could just be a timing thing. So it's it's unfair to say, you know, that that's like a, a root of the problem. You know what I mean? Because well, uh, you don't know. So 
well, kind of going back, so like early on when, like, say the cavalcades were happening, and there were certain things, like when we had freaking, uh, uh, what the hell's his name? Gronkowski? Yeah, that's his name. I should know him because he was on the on WWE for like two yeah. days. <laughs> <laughs> He's a football player. What? But but people were like were like overly crowding when they shouldn't have been. And a lot of these people, uh, I'm getting like I said, I'm trying not to be political about it, but you could tell that some of these people that were there for him weren't there for Disney at all. Their mindset was let's go see this you know our favorite football player and then get the heck out of there. And even early on with the cavalcades, even the holiday ones back in November. It was the same kind of way. People were like Disney had little markers along the the sidewalks where you could stand and not stand, and people just didn't care. They were just like lined up the thing, and cast members are trying to tell people to move, and nobody's listening to them. A lot of folks because because we, we are such an international space, minus right now with people coming in from Europe, what have you. But a large Spanish culture that comes to these parks, a lot of them just pretend that they don't understand English, you know, type of thing. I mean, I, and I see him look at these cast members and tell them, you know, K or whatever they're saying, you know, it's it drives me nuts. So, again, Disney can do what they can to regulate people, but people need to regulate themselves. And either A, they're so worried about losing their freedom because they have to wear a mask and blah, 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 or they just stand on the circle or they just can't follow directions. You guys will notice in the queues, I don't know if they're going to have them or not. Hopefully they do. But like in some of the longer turn parts of the queue, we have plexiglass up. And the spots that there's not plexiglass, there's a long arrow that just tells you to keep walking. And if and if there's someone that's, say, if you're going w w one direction, there's people coming the other direction, there'll be gaps in between people so you're not standing side by side. People see these long yeah. arrows that think that that's where they should stand when instead you should just keep walking, mm. right? So there's little mm -hmm. kind of nuances that Disney's done that maybe aren't completely, you know, understandable to everybody that sees them julie and i have some common sense so we can kind of figure it out ourselves. and even guests that are in the line we've actually said some things to people just say hey just so you guys know that's what this is for you know and they're like and they're thankful for it you know some people don't care yeah but those that are thankful for it you know they're thankful so it's it's going to be interesting just to see a how fast they continue to open things up with universal going no masks right now disney still hasn't followed that lead thank god i know a lot of my cast fellow cast members that said that if that happened, they probably wouldn't work there anymore because yeah. of it. You know? So it's I, I it's I hate to say it, but I used to ask myself what would Walt do? I don't know if I'd ask Walt what he'd do because of how risk taking he was and stuff yeah. when it came to businesses and things. I'm yeah. more like what would Bob Iger do? You know, in a sense yeah. right now. And I and I kinda wonder if, if Bobby would have actually come in and opened things as fast. Even though he was such a, a brain within the company. I think Chapek is more on the dollars and signs of things and more on merchandise and marketing than he is on a leadership position in a sense, like Iger was all around, if that yeah. makes any sense. And mm -hmm. he sees like the, the dollar instead of seeing the people. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. The inner workings of, of Disney politics, which is why I'm glad I don't actually work for Disney because uh, I don't have to deal with their bureaucratic stuff. Um, it's, it's still frustrating to, to see, but I'm also patient and glad that Disney hasn't also jumped the gun yet that far. Yeah. No, I get you, man. And, you know, all you can ask for is for, you know, people to try to use that honor system that they talked about. I know Chapek talked about it in the earnings call. Uh, they've mentioned it on different interviews as well that they're going on this honor system thing. And I remember when the pandemic was kind of in the middle of everything, I had listened to this talk by former Imagineer Eddie Soto, 
where he talked about how they were developing or his company was in the process of developing these like really quick COVID sort of tests where you could instantly get tested so that once you walk through the turnstile, you knew for a fact whether or not you had it. And then you didn't have to wear a mask because you said something that he touched on where when you're wearing a mask, it takes you away from the magic, right? Because if you go to escape, that mask is a, is a visual representation of the thing you're trying to escape from. And that's the danger of working on an honor system, that if your happy place becomes the place where you happen to get sick, you know, then it's no longer your happy place or anybody yeah. else in your family. So they were developing something where you can kind of get this rapid test. And if you passed, uh, you were able to get into the park. And if there was any question, they would pull you aside and you could choose what to do at that point. And. Uh, I think in the last two weeks, one of the things that was really interesting to me, and I hope that this is something that they begin to implement if they see that there's uh, a higher accuracy rate when they test it, they have been able to train dogs to sniff out mm -hmm. COVID the way that they do drugs at airports. Yeah, I saw that. That would be a game changer. If they could get yeah. dogs in the Esplanade or even uh, at the uh, at the parking structure level, you know, where people are standing in line. And if the dogs are sniffing around, if the dogs are triggered, Disney security pulls you aside. And, you know, the moment that you get into the parking structure, it is clearly put on something that says you are subject to being sniffed by the dogs. You are subject to these. And if we find that you could be a threat, you may be escorted off the premises. Yes, it does remove the magic a little bit at that level, but it also adds this whole level of safeness that I think a lot of people are yearning for at this point. They need mm -hmm. it in mm -hmm. order to feel like they can take that next step, you know, and opening the park uh, on June 15th for every state to come back to Disneyland is worrisome, you know, mm -hmm. because I know for a fact that a lot of the people uh, and like members of the FGP squad that live out of state, they've been itching to come back to Disneyland too. But I can guarantee you every single one of them, I've seen their posts on Instagram. We've talked about it on for, um, on previous happy hour calls. They're super safe. You know, they're taking steps and beyond to continue being safe, to keep themselves, their family, and friends safe. They have gatherings the way that we've had gatherings, but they're safe because they're doing it with people that they know have quarantined, that they know have been vaccinated. So it's the people, like we said, that aren't taking it seriously that all of a sudden are going to get a chance to come that we have to worry about. Mm -hmm. Right? Oh, yeah, because yeah. we have it here. You know, like I, would, I, I don't know the percentage, but I'd say maybe – five to ten percent of our guests that come into the park have been from california that are that were disneyland annual pass holders and we have friends that have come over back in the day when they were requiring people to do a two-week quarantine so you how are you going to come visit disney if you have a week reservation you gotta come here for three weeks before you can go to the park yeah people are not quarantining here and we had an influx even like when new york shut down everybody from new york decided they wanted to come to florida and we're like stay the hell out of here and they weren't sure if they were going to have to have the highway patrol like block people that had New York license plates from coming into our state because it was got so bad. Now we're things are getting a little better now, but it's it's still it's like you're saying it, it's it's just 
people need to regulate themselves. And unfortunately, as much as people don't want to have a government, quote unquote, it's proven through thousands of years of culture that we have to have some sort of form of regulations in a government system that tells you what it is you can and can't do. Because as human beings, we can't regulate ourselves. It doesn't happen. We just can't do it. Yeah. We have this freedom, but it's kind of, you know, it's a, it's a, yeah. Uh, again, I'm not going to get into politics. But one other thing I wanted to say, too, is something that's different with us is with Magic Kingdom, you have two different ways you get to the, to the park, to the mainland, is either monorail or the ferry boat. There's also buses you can take, too, from the hotels and stuff. And the buses from the hotels take you directly to the front gates of Magic Kingdom, basically. You go through bag check, temperature checks, and what have you. Right before all this COVID stuff happened, they changed the system where you used to go through security before you went on the monorail and, and the stuff. Now you do it on the other side. So someone, you know, you got Typhoid Mary coming on the ferry boat, and everybody on the boat is getting sick because this one person has COVID who has taken the boat across the waterway, Seven Seas Lagoon, to get to the temperature checks and security. And they had like little circles on the boat. They regulated how many people could actually come in. It was a very interesting way the queue was set up to get people onto the ferry boat, but it was still concerning because of where the temperature checks and everything else was. Our tram systems are gone for now, so you walk in from the parking lot. And as far as I understand, our parking lot is, at Magic Kingdom at least, can fit Magic or Disneyland and California Adventure in the parking lot. So imagine walking from that parking lot in the middle of summertime with mask regulations. People aren't going to want to do that. So it's just a it's a catch twenty two all across the board when it comes down to it. You know. Yeah, it's a difficult situation for large businesses like Disney, obviously, because they employ so many people that. Yeah. There's only so much you can do on your part, yeah, right? Exactly. They can't. I mean, look how devastating it's been for so many cast members and just people in not just the entertainment industry, but in the hospitality business. Like how many hotels and how many small shops and how many restaurants in the area have suffered, at least here in Anaheim. I'm mm-hmm. sure that the hub that Disney World is for tourism you know, they suffered just as much, but I don't know. I mean, we obviously we have to do what we can to introduce ourselves back into society, right? We have to take the steps that we yeah. can in order to keep ourselves safe. But, you know, I, I mentioned it before, just like you guys are doing, I'm going to keep wearing a mask for some time. Like even probably into fall winter, I'm going to be still wearing a mask. I don't know. It all depends on how comfortable you are, what what the reports and the science say to back it up. And the thing mm. is that in reality, I don't think we're ever going to be rid of COVID. You know, it's going yeah, exactly. to be this thing that happens yearly, just like the flu. It's always going to be around. I think we're a far we're far away from being at a spot where we can get rid of it. Like they, what, what did they just eradicate recently? Malaria? What was that the thing? Like I was reading some report that or polio. One of the two. What? Yeah. It was either that or polio. One of the two. Um, but they just eradicated one of them after years and really decades of vaccinating people and going through the motions of not just in the U S but worldwide. Right. So this is going to be around for a while We've had outbreaks like this before. We've had these, like we saw it with SARS, which is another version of the COVID virus. Uh, yeah. We've seen it with, you know, it, measles. with measles. Yeah, it's going to be mm-hmm. around. 
we just have to know how to protect ourselves. Are we going to live in a world where you always have to wear a mask forever and ever? Damn, I sure hope not because it's not fun at all. Mm -mm. But, you know, if you have to keep wearing a mask for a few more weeks, a few more months or whatever the case is to keep yourself and others safe, then then do it. You know, if, if you're able to do it and things will get closer to normal a lot sooner than we want them to or than we would have want them to. But, hey, we got our reservations, which means we're already all taking these steps to reintroduce ourselves into that society. Uh, and we could just hope for the best, right? Heck, yeah. So yeah. so that being said, with the reservation systems, we've, we've been dealing with, this, obviously, the same thing here, which I think has been, for Disney, it was very smart because it allows them to understand how many guests are coming in, how much food they got to buy, cast members to employ, et cetera. Um, but it's also given us a chance to sit back and like use our phones and our apps to to purchase things. Like I like to order my food ahead and just what like we had to order Dole Whips. We literally stood outside the Dole Whips booth and placed our order and then just walked up and picked it up. You know, it was really kind of weird, but it's still uh, pretty awesome to do this. There have been bugs. There have been things that you know you get there and the food's gone or it, like you're saying earlier, it's taken three hours for you guys. Um, but again, be patient with that for sure. Um, I don't know. There was a point I was going to get to, and I can. I, sorry, my 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 uh, my thought went away. Maybe it'll come back. No, it's okay. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> yeah, I think you you said it well earlier when you said there's going to be growing pains, right? Especially yeah. if they're going zero to sixty so quickly, we can't not expect there to be. We saw it when they first opened the park. Uh, the biggest mm-hmm. issues I think they're having now is adding virtual cues to other attractions and trying to figure out how to work around some of the new things that they have to like honestly like i've never understood the plexiglass thing it's more of a visual aid than anything else because the whole time that we've been guarding ourselves from covid they tell you to stay out of enclosed places and the plexiglass puts you in a more enclosed space so I said the same exact thing. I think it's more, like you said, like the temperature checks, it's more of this visual aid to help people mm-hmm. understand that they are taking the necessary steps. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> it, it is what it is for a while, right? We're going to have to learn to yeah. deal with it. We're going to have to learn to work around it. And uh, what was it? A couple episodes ago I said, if you're at the point where you don't feel comfortable – then don't go. You know, as a guest, you have the right to say that. Uh, I'm I'm definitely in that situation. We have reservations to go soon, but I'm playing it day by day, you know, depending on how I'm feeling health-wise and depending on what's going on in the world at the time. You know, if you have to call that audible to figure out if you're going to be able to make it or not, then you do it, right? And then you just change your reservation mm-hmm. for another time for when you feel safer. So uh, there is a lot to be said for going now because the parks have been at such a low capacity that I don't think you have to worry as much, you know, later on. But we'll see. We'll see how things go. We're definitely going to have our ears to the ground for the next couple of weeks as this mandate for the state just gets lifted. And at least then we'll have a good two to three week period where we'll understand how things are going and whether or not we have to reschedule or not. Because it's one thing to 
have this type of entertainment at a limited capacity, but when you're opening the floodgates, it turns into a whole different story. Yeah, definitely. And I remembered what it was I was going where I was going with it with the reservation systems is the ability now to make your reservation for Rise of Resistance from home, which I think uh, you guys are doing the same thing now, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. the trick to this is if it's if it's a seven o'clock get time period for you to make a reservation, do be up on the phone at six forty five. When you go onto the thing to, to get your your queue number, if you keep swiping it down and keep swiping it down, just wear your hand out if you have to. But at least for about five to ten minutes before seven o'clock, just keep refreshing that thing. The two of us have been able to get a reservation every single time we've made one for the for that ride. And nice. They also had to to do them twice a day because of how fast and you know our ride was working a little bit better. I don't know, how, you know, you guys have had yours down for a while. So hopefully while it's been down, they've gotten all the kinks figured out for the most part. Um, but at, they, I think they had it at two and they moved it to three or maybe it was at three and they moved it back to two. Yeah, they think they moved it back to two because of park hopping. Oh, it's at one now? Okay, ours is at one because of park, cause people were park hopping. And then because you have to be in the park to get the second time slot if you haven't been able to get the first one. Mm-hmm. But the first one you can do from home. So if you have a reservation, try and get that thing as early as you can, you know, and, and start getting on there 10 minutes, 15 minutes before 7 o'clock. Nice. It, it makes all the difference. I think ours are 7 and noon, right? Okay. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, man, yeah, I, I think we covered so much ground talking about what it's like and the comfort levels in the parks. Uh, Larry. I know you're going to be going very, very soon. Uh, how are you feeling still? You still good? You still really confident about your your next trip? Oh yeah, I feel really good about it. You know, and I appreciate Jason coming on here and giving us a little perspective. You know, even though Walt Disney World kind of operates a little different than us, but it gives us that general idea of what you know. Just a couple of things for me is that the mass thing is important here, and it is still good. We have state residents going here in California, but there is always the people that kind of want to escape that reality feeling and i think that does play a lot into it and i feel good about seeing what's you know me coming up here pretty quick first off good tip on the rise resistance because i think that's one thing that like a lot of people are trying to you know utilize and it's kind of hard to figure out those ins and outs and that's kind of learning the whole mobile trick of it that's something i do like too i'm favored on it if there is kinks they got to work out i hope they do because i like the reservation system for food specifically speaking Mm -hmm. rides will be something that i'll because I think they have Indiana Jones sometimes right now also being added to that virtual queue system, which I'm in the, like, I'm cool to be the test lab rat or what for that, like the beta to see how that works. Cause I remember that one was always kind of a tough thing to get on as well. Uh, if you couldn't plan it out. Right. Right. So I feel good. I think two key things I take from this though, is well, number one, to be a little positive about mask when I go to Disneyland to add a little levity on it, I always tell my wife, Rebecca, I say, I'm going to keep wearing masks into Disneyland bathrooms beyond 2021. Because <laughs> I don't know about you guys. Like, sometimes you walk into a bathroom and you're like, dude, yeah, I'd rather have a mask on because, you know, things yeah. things be not great in here. So I'm that's a positive. I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> but the other part of it, though, is, you know, the caring uh, about the person that's letting you in the gate. The person that greets you when you walk in, the person that serves you the food, those are people. Yes, we call them cast members, the right operators. That's your way to pay it back. You know, wearing that mask is kind of like showing like, 
yes, I want to be escaping reality, but this is my way to respect, you know, who you, everybody here, because you're here for your work and your job. That's your person. This is what you're doing. So the least I can do, because you're, I'm able to enjoy this and keep this going for not just me, but the next person, the next family, the next kid is to just wear my mask. You know, there's, it's tough. It's not, you know, favorable, but for now, until we get some more clarity and we get some things on, you know, we get through at least like more than 60 days of just rushing into stuff. That'd be great. You know, for me, I'm, I'm most excited though, to see how things have been ironed out because on our end, we're, we're pretty far into the point of where they've had time to kind of work things out, but things are always changing and I'm looking forward to it. That's, that's the main key. And now I feel a lot better about like that mindset of walking into like, just, it's always good to remember, like there's people they're cast members, but they're people. Yeah. Number one. Yeah. So absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well said. Well. And bring said. extra masks and bring them in baggies. Oh, yeah, so that's a good dry. trick. Yes. Yeah. I'm just gonna buy a bunch. That's gonna. Be, I'm gonna be that sucker that just that just claims to say I didn't bring them, but I really knew I was going in just right. to buy them. <laughs> the crazy thing too is we've had some guests coming in that have masks that it looks like they're wearing the mask on their chin, and it's just like an image of their face on it, you know. And they wear them just to screw <laughs> with the cast members, and it's the creepiest, craziest thing we've <laughs> seen in the park so far. I've seen those. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. I saw people that's posting creepy. those. But it gives TikTok. you a chance. Yeah, so that, that's, that's what the cat, the two different guests I've seen wearing them. They said they saw them on TikTok and they had to buy them. It's so funny. It's crazy. But it, it's fun because like, Julie made a bunch of masks for us for our honeymoon, and we just coordinated our outfits and Disney bounded and had a lot of fun. You know, you, you can literally go into these parks like completely incognito and just have a blast and be a little kid, and nobody's, especially nobody's going to know who you are because you got a mask and your sunglasses and a hat on. And, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's so crazy point. that Disney spent such a long time telling adults that they couldn't wear masks or costumes to come into the park, and that's all yep. we can do now. And so I kept thinking about how I could dress up my mask when I went into oh, the park. Wow. And I went through the process of – I know you're actually going to get a kick out of this one, Larry. I went through the process of trying to find Bucky's mask. So that I could oh, wear like gosh. the Winter Soldier mask on top of like the cloth mask, right? Just like, just yes. for the look of it, more than anything. Right. And then I realized, yo, those are made of like polymer or rubber. Like that's gonna make my face sweat like <laughs> horribly so in the middle of summer. So I opted not to do that. But for a good week and a half, I was trying to find like a really good replica of the Winter Soldier mask to wear on top of the cloth one. Absolutely. Yeah. That'd be cool. <laughs> so you know what this means, right? It means that now I have to take the nanotechnology that's in me and make like an oh. Iron Man mask with air conditioning inside the head or little fans like nice. some of the friends that people <laughs> have in the park. Out. I'm just waiting to find out what my mutant power is. I'm just been you know like <laughs> a month now. <clears throat> and so it still hasn't like a come up months yet? Kick uh, in. No, man, I'm still waiting. It's frustrating. Let me hook you up with Professor X. He'll help you with that. Yeah, please. Is, is over sweating an atomic power? I mean, it, it, it might be for me. <laughs> All right. Well, if you have any comments on anything that we talked about in this episode, we'd love for you to join the conversation over on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Just search for Podcateers. Uh, or we'd love for you to join us over on our Discord server. Uh, It's a really small community, but growing, and we'd love to hear your thoughts about really anything that we talked about, especially if you're planning on going back to the parks anytime soon. So, uh, Jason, 
thank you so much for joining us again, man. It's always fun to have you on the podcast, hear the perspective from out on the East Coast. Tell everybody where they can find you and all the stuff you and Julie are doing. Heck yeah. Yeah. The, thanks again, guys, for having me on and uh, having Larry. What's the other the new host name? Andrew. Andrew. Andrew yeah. I was going to say Anthony. Yeah, Andrew. Uh, it's been fun having you guys on. And uh, it's it's I always enjoy listening. I've been listening to Hazen forever, you know, since it was him and his brother. And they just, you know, sat around and talked about everything. And uh, it's fun seeing the evolution of the show. And I, I love the chemistry the four of you all have on here. And I, I sit and just laugh and enjoy, you know, the conversation and the banter back and forth. So, <clears throat> you know, welcome, Larry, you know, to, as a you know, part of the part of the family here. It's uh, it's pretty cool to be here. And I will sit in here and, and be a guest every week if you want. But, you know, <laughs> Julie may not appreciate that. <laughs> if we can somehow freeze time for you, I'd love to have you on. My, like I said, my, I'm, I always Super feel power. so bad because whenever we have you on, it's like 8, 9 o'clock for us. But it's like 1 o'clock in the morning for you. And it's always what I try to be conscious of. So uh, I, I always I, appreciate, I appreciate that, man. But. It's never a bother. It just gives me an excuse to have a couple of drinks late at night, you know. Well, that's <laughs> good to know. That's good to know. I love so having you good. on. I love chatting with you. So, yeah, I appreciate it. Well, so besides that, you can find uh, my wife and I, Julia, have our adult-themed uh, perspective Disney podcast called F Yeah Disney. Uh, you can find us on all the podcast apps out there. Our Instagram is F Yeah underscore Disney. Um, I'll just give Hazen the links and everything for all that jazz. Um, you can find Julie and Amy's One Little Spice podcast. They talk about all the Disney food. Uh, they cover everything and anything that's going on on both parks, Disneyland and also uh, here in Walt Disney World. And also around the world, too. They cover all that stuff. Um, one Little Spice, again, just look for it all. And then uh, my own personal one, if you're interested in glass blowing or glass art, I've been doing... Uh, glass blowing podcast for uh, almost six years now. I start season six next week, and actually landed uh, one of my top three guests that I had on my list from when I first created from day one. And uh, he's been blowing glass now for twenty years and is helping me kick off season six. Right on, man! And uh, super, super nice. stoked about Sweet. it. So uh, the show is called A Glass Blower's Companion, and again, that's all out there in all the Instagrams and social medias and Facebooks and podcast apps you can find us out there and uh again if you guys are out in the walt disney world parks i go between epcot the mexican pavilion and also uh crystal arts on main street and i'm in there melting the day away making uh, disney characters and other things and harassing the guests all day it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> i love that melting the day away that's sweet <laughs> yeah. right on right on well, uh, all of those links will be available in the blog post for this episode over at podcasters.com slash 362. Make sure that you head on over and check out all of Jason and Julie's projects. Uh, that's it. It's going to wrap it up for this week. Any final words before we close out? I'm excited for you guys to get back in the parks. Yes. Yeah. We are stoked. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Me too. And watch Cruella. Mm -hmm. You'll you'll enjoy oh, yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. Definitely watch Cruella. Yes. So that's it. That's going to wrap it up. Until next time, keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Bye. See you on Main Street. Cruella DeVille. <laughs> that's all Heck we yeah. get? <laughs> Hi. Hey, that was teaser. good, though. <laughs>